Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? BC here. Welcome back to another episode of Supreme Being. Um, I wanted to come on. We were going to interview somebody today. Uh, I don't know if he's going to show, but I wanted to come on and, and do the, uh, the episode regardless, right? Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, you know, we're in the holiday season now, and I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about a couple things that I think are important, right? Now, during this time of the year where it's supposed to be the holidays and cheerful is actually some of the worst times for people. People are more depressed than ever around this time. People are more suicidal. People are more lonely than they've ever been because all the advertisements and things that they see is all about the family and friends and people have had friends and family pass away. They're no longer around them or they're like me where they moved across the country and they don't have access to them, right? And if you're not at a point where you're personally developed to where you understand that uh, being alone is okay, even though we're social creatures, right? Uh, it could be very taxing, right? A lot of social obligations come up around these times too, where um, you know we're forced to to um, you know send people cards and and really talk to people and interact with people in a way that's almost fake. Okay, but I have a uh, my guest here. We're gonna we're gonna start the show. Kian, what's up, my friend? Brian, how you doing? Um, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure the audio is on. Can you hear me? Yep, now I can hear you. Yeah, I had to push a button. Sorry. How's it going, bro? Excellent, man. Life is good. I just got off a, a call, so feeling good. Coaching's going great. I'm excited to dive in today to uh, some very, I'm sure we'll dive into some controversial things, which I'm excited about. Good, because that's my middle name. <laughs> um, so just so we start, bro, can you give a quick introduction uh, to the audience just so they get a little bit more familiar with you? Yes, I can. My name is Kian Logie. I had the opportunity to play in the NFL and had that taken away from me due to a neck injury to where I was at a risk to get paralyzed. After that, I never took the nine to five route. I dove directly into what I think my expertise is, which is helping lead other people and getting them what they want. I was a two year division one college captain. And so I'd say my expertise is in leadership and leading people to where they want to go or where is the goal. And I decided to dive deep into helping other people get what they want. So I picked up a book called The Biology of Belief by a guy named Bruce Lipton, where he talks about how to manufacture and create your own heaven on earth. And I thought it was very fascinating and decided to create that for myself and help other people do that as well. So I went from being a gladiator in the football stadium to helping people resolve their deeper emotional conflict that's preventing them from getting them what they want in their life. I love it, bro. Um, you know, I kind of have a similar story in, in, in the sense that I had a professional career taken away from me because of injury too, not as traumatic as yours. Um, and that for me was a really tough time. Can you talk a little bit about that, man? Because when I had to stop playing basketball because of a, a second injury to my left ankle. Um, like I literally got depressed, you know, and it, it took me about a year to kind of get over that. Can you talk a little bit more about like what happened like right after you were injured and kind of like what that looked like and what you went through? Yeah, for sure. You know, what's really interesting is the way my mind has always functioned was regardless of what I put all my time and effort into, I've never found identity in anything that I've done. So since I was 10 years old, I drew a, a picture in my third grade class saying that I wanted to play in the NFL and did everything I could to get to that point, but I never found identity in it. So 
of course, when I got the news, when I got the call from uh, the team that I didn't pass my physical and that I wouldn't be able to ever play again, I bawled my eyes out. It was a very difficult 24 hours for me coming to terms with the fact that I'd never be able to do the thing that I set out to do since I was you know, 10 years old. But after a couple of days of being back at my parents' place, I, there was something in me that was just like, I, I have to get up and I have to do something. And I decided to ride my, ride my bike to the library every day for about a month straight. And that's when I picked up that book. And that's when I read a bunch of other books that led me into the path that I'm on now. So I, I attribute my not having as much of a huge downfall to my mind's ability to not fully identify with anything that I do, which I think is a, a superpower of mine, being able to fully go in on what I want, what my heart really desires without finding full identity in it. Nice. I love that, man. Um, now you mentioned, I think it was the book with Bruce Lipton, uh, creating heaven on earth, right? Now you've done it for yourself. Uh, can you describe that to people? Cause that, that, that I, I like, I totally vibe with that, but I think to the average person listening, that might be a little too esoteric for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that's why I think I'm in a good position. And it's awesome that you are as well being a former athlete and that we're not just like the typical hippie that's speaking on some of these things. We come from a little bit more of a, a rough masculine type of experience. And then now talking about these things, which shouldn't inherently be feminine, but I think in the mainstream is perceived in that way. So I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to talk about that. But the way our life plays out oftentimes is because of the beliefs that we have or the beliefs that we tell ourselves. And I think that's a generally understood thing. And our beliefs are formed by our life experiences and by uh, the people that are influential in our lives. So if you don't have what you want, then that's due to the fact that the beliefs that you have don't support having what you really want. So I help people go in and rewire their subconscious, the stories that they're telling themselves to be able to support a new story in which supports what they really want. So I could go deeper into some of the science of it. I don't know if it'd be necessarily relevant in this conversation, but that's what it is. When we recreate the belief systems that we have to support what we really want, then we can naturally change our point of attraction, which allows those things to begin to come into our sphere. And that's, that's quantum physics. Absolutely. Can you talk maybe about like when you were on that journey, like an example from yourself in your own life, like maybe one of the beliefs that you had to rewire within your subconscious mind? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my big ones was, and I would say still is, as I continue to ascend in this area in regard to money, when I grew up, we always had a lot of love in my house. So my parents they still are the happiest couple that I've ever seen. And we had a ton of love, but we didn't have a lot of money for a very long time. So the belief was, was as long as we have love and connection, the money doesn't really matter. As long as we have the experience of being together, going through this together, then the money doesn't really matter. And so I found myself for the first few years after getting done playing football, where I would have, I, I was an entrepreneur always, and, but where I would only have enough money to be able to survive maybe three, four months out. And I would pride myself in always feeling really good regardless of how much money I had. But at the same time, I realized that because I had so much fulfillment right now because of the intimacy that I had in with my family and with a lot of friendships that I was preventing myself from actually bringing in and going after greater levels of financial success. So I believe as I continue to go higher and higher up in the financial department, that's my biggest downfall is the amount of fulfillment that I have with where I am. 
which can be a difficult dance because I think a lot of people are looking to find fulfillment where they are. And so they're pushing and pushing because they don't have fulfillment. And there's people that have a lot of fulfillment in where they are due to my, probably due to my ability to form deep intimate bonds with people and to create life experiences that feel really good to me. Then those people like me have to learn how to not find discontentment, but be able to feel good about, moving after what we want, not from a place of lack, but from a place of deep connectedness to ourselves. I think that's a a thing that I teach a lot of people that do inherently come from a more uh, relationship favoring space is that they do find fulfillment with where they are. So that means in order for them to get to where they want to be, which most people that get to that place, do it from a place of lack. We have to connect to a deeper place of what they really want and desire inside of themselves to be able to go after it. Because if you're inherently not experiencing a lot of lack, because you find fulfillment in where you are, then mm-hmm. you have to find a deeper source to find momentum or motivation to go after what it is that you want. And oftentimes that's getting to that core of what people yeah. really want, or you could call it their purpose. Yeah. Why do you think people are so disconnected nowadays? Because I talk about this a lot too. I, I say that people are not living their lives or living someone else's lives. Why, why do you think that, that that's so rampant nowadays? I think now more than ever, because we have so much access to other people's lives. Really think about it. Every single minute that I have, I could have access to millions of other people's lives on my phone or on my computer. And so as I'm consuming all these other people's life perspectives and desires they have for their own lives, I'm in a trance as I'm watching my phone or my computer, getting downloads from those other people, from those other things I'm consuming, which is getting me more and more disconnected from what I really want and desire. So when we make life such a visceral external experience of receiving everybody else's desires for what they want, we get disconnected from the internal. And so now more than ever, it's harder now more than ever to be able to disconnect from the outside world and go inward. But if we want to actually find true fulfillment in this hyper advanced age that we're living in of having immediate access to millions of other people's lives, we have to be able to go inward separate from all those other influences that are being penetrated onto us. Yeah. I love that, man. Is there any like little practical tools or advice you give people in in regards to that to, to kind of help them, um, you know, switch from being more external to being more internal? Cause that's really important. I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it might be very cliche, but it's really understanding how big of an impact you randomly scrolling through other people's content and information is playing on you. And I think everybody knows that, Oh, I want to get away from social media. I want to spend some time off of it, doing other things. I think everybody tries to do that, but I don't think they really understand psychologically how you are being reprogrammed to be disconnected from yourself by consuming all of this random content that is by the algorithm feeding parts of you that are entertained. So by understanding, I think the depth in which we are being programmed and manipulated to think a certain way or want a certain thing should incentivize people a little more to be intentional about not scrolling through the discover page on social media. And that's something that I don't do. Now there's moments where I'll catch myself and just being, I don't don't like to try to present myself as being anything other than what I really am, but I really genuinely, because I think of my understanding of it have done a really good job of being able to create separation between me and my feed 
on, on social media. But if you can limit your time on your feed and be very intentional about what you're doing on social media, and when you do go to social media, you know exactly what it is that you're doing, what you're looking for, who you're looking up, then yeah. it's going to decrease the amount of time you're getting programmed by other people's projections of what they think is right and increase your ability to have a deep understanding of what you want. And that really ultimately is the highest way of getting what you want is by being very clear about what it is that you do want. So when I'm preventing myself from receiving other people's feedback or other people's desires for what they want, I'm actually improving my ability to know what I want and to put that out into the world. So that would be the first one. The second one would be stop talking to other people about things that you want. I know there's advice out there that says, tell as many people as you can about what you want to hold yourself accountable. But I actually don't think that's very beneficial. I think when you share things with people that you want to do, it either one gives you a dopamine kick because they affirm what you're telling you or what you're telling them that you want to do because they think it's really cool, which takes away incentive or drive to go after it. Or two, they disapprove of it. And that takes away from your ability, if you are very empathetic, let's say like me, yeah. to go after it as well. So I don't really think it benefits anybody by sharing deeper levels of what you really want. I think it's good to keep things close to your heart and only with people that you know won't taint it or won't excessively validate you for it without it actually happening. So you can go after it and get it. But I think that's very difficult because I think we inherently as people want to be affirmed for what we want. But I think there's ways of affirming ourselves in what we want throughout directly telling other people about it. You know, that, that, that's a big thing you just brought up, like that external validation, right? That, that's one thing that I think the last 10 years I've really worked on myself and almost like completely rid from my system because when I look around and interact with a lot of people every day, I, I notice that so much of what we do, like social media as well, like you brought it up, it's just like people just want to be validated, right? Um, are you noticing that a lot with the people that you're working with? And, and is, there, is there certain things that you're doing with them to help them with that? Because I, I think that's like so deeply ingrained in people that most people aren't even aware a lot of times that they're seeking validation when they actually are. Yeah, it's a very difficult topic of conversation because everybody has different motives as to why they would be looking for approval or validation. But I think we have to first come to terms with the fact that we as humans generally want to be validated by our clan or by the people that we are close with, which now is the entire world. So I think it's important to first look at it from a way of it's natural for us to want to do that and our survival inherently depended on it, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago yeah. when we have to be co cohesive with the tight knit pack that we, yeah. that we had. So I think there's such a, a stigma around it right now that it's such a bad thing, but I think we first have to come to terms with the fact that it is a natural process and shouldn't inherently be crucified or we shouldn't get very upset at ourselves for being that way. So, so then what's the solution? I think the solution is being able to come to terms with what actually is effective in us getting us what we want and what isn't. And I think by understanding that, it can create less incentive to be overly sharing of mm. everything that we do or that we need validation for. But I think a core of it 
is a lot of people have, and I'll make it personal. I had a very deep sense of loneliness that I didn't want to come to terms with. And I think by us going deeper into our own loneliness or our own deeper sense of inadequacy or, or hurt or pain that exists within us and resolving that, I think that allows us to need less approval from the people around us. And I think that's a process. And I don't think I know that's a process that I take many people through is resolving a deeper level of conflict they have of approval that they wanted from somebody at some time that allows them to be freed of the need to have to get it from other people. So that's a big thing. But I think a really, really important thing is our system right now is created for us to depend on that for our sense of well-being and okayness because of the access that we have to receiving validation. So by inherently seeing that the system that we have set up for us right now in our society is set up to become so internally weak that we need more validation from others, we can build a little more confidence in, I think when we have something to go against, it naturally allows us to be more incentivized to not do something. And if we look at the system we have right now and how it's set up for us to fail, as far as taking all of our internal confidence for what we want and moving it externally and needing it externally, then it can create less incentive or drive to put things out there in a way to get that affirmation or to feel good about ourselves so we can be against the system a little bit i think that adds more incentive to to not putting ourselves out there in the way that we need that validation yeah i love that man so for you like when you were starting out with this and, and you were kind of newer to this side of the life we can call it right like personal development and growth and all that what were some of like the toughest things that that you were dealing with or like the challenges that you dealt with like right in the beginning especially I think the thing that I struggle with uh, maybe maybe always is something that I, I have is a, a unique motor. So a motor to go after what I want. And that started with me saying, hey, as a small town kid from South Dakota saying, I'm going to go to the NFL and I want to go to the NFL. I've always had that internal drive in me to go after things. And with that internal driving factor that I have, when I get fixated on something, then I can go after that thing or that relationship relentlessly without maybe letting go of that thing and saying, Hey, maybe this isn't the right path. Maybe this isn't the thing that I should be going after, or maybe this isn't the relationship that I, that I should stay in. And so by me being able to let go from the attachment that I can have for some of the things that I want and find some level of peace in not going after something, it can allow the universe to kind of move things around in a way where it will become more apparent to me what is and isn't for me without me having to go after it relentlessly. Because I think the relentless pursuit can take away a little bit from the true understanding of what that thing is, where it's more about getting it and making it happen rather than it being the thing that's right or best for me. Right. I love that, man. Um, now you mentioned something earlier that that I thought was interesting that you 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 could go after something but it, it wouldn't like totally become your identity right and I think uh, a lot of people struggle with that now you, did you say that that naturally came to you or how did how did that whole process kind of or how did you come to that realization? Oof, man, that's a that's an incredible question that I've I've honestly pondered myself. I could give my parents credit 
but my parents aren't the same way that I am. Uh, the only thing I can really say is, because I could say life events, but I don't think it was necessarily life events because I can I remember being like this as long as I can remember. I've always been very, very conscious and very, very aware, you know, like as far as I can remember. I don't think there's ever a time when I, when I wasn't or haven't been. I've always been very connected to what I've been feeling and what other people feel. And because I'm very connected to that place of what I'm feeling, I think it allows me to be more unattached to the things that I'm doing, even though I relentlessly pursue them and allows me to pivot much more effectively. So because I've maybe always had a pretty good relationship with my internal self, I haven't had to identify with things to justify my sense of okayness. And I think that can be taught. So I don't, it, it can be actually, it's what I, what I basically do with uh, the work that I do with people is, is being able to get to that point. But I would say it's a gift uh, that I've sh like a sh I've sharpened over time and gotten even more and more effective at being able to navigate. But yeah, I would attribute my ability to not attach, like overly attach is to the connectedness that I have with myself and my okayness within myself separate from the things that I'm doing or engaged in. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And, you know, another thing you mentioned earlier that kind of made me laugh uh, was when you brought up that this this side of uh, life, you know, especially this type of, um, you know, discussion that we're having can be deemed as like feminine, right? Now, because um, I, you know, I've dealt with that shit too, bro. Like as soon as I got out of sports and, and people are like, oh, I thought you were just a fucking meathead. Like, why are you talking about all the spiritual shit, right? Like they, they start going off with that stuff. Now, I, I kind of always ignored it, but why do you think that that like paintbrush has been like put across this type of stuff that it's feminine? Because when you really start to explore this stuff, you realize that it, it's quite the opposite, right? Like wh where do you think that came from? Was that just like a marketing ploy? Like where did this whole, oh, it's feminine come from? Do you have any idea? That's a, that's a great question too. It could be that most people that talked about these type of things, we'll say in the last 30, 40 years, have inherently been more free flowing people and not as much intellectual people. And I think what we're finding in the last, you know, maybe 10 to 15, 20 years is that more intellectually sound people are coming out and speaking on these things. And it's not just the, the hippies that took a bunch of LSD that are talking about it, but very, very smart. I mean, you got guys like uh, Joe Dispenza and even yeah. Bruce Lipton, like it, it, that are very, I, mean, I could go off and in these very, very educated people that are talking about these things that I think is shifting the perspective slightly because they're bridging the gap between the mystical and the science. But I think for the longest time, it was more just the mystical and the, the, hippie nature people that were speaking on these things. But now that's, that's, this is what got me so deep into it or obsessed with it was seeing Bruce Lipton talked about the cell and how we can change the composition of our cells and, and entirely change our bodies through our thoughts and changing our perceptions of, of our world around us, like at a biological level. And I'm like, holy shit, like all these things that people talk about that are a little more hippie or a little more just kind of, motivational per se can be backed by science that's what really hooked me 
So I think the more we can spread a deeper level of understanding, not just through the hippie, everybody think like this, it can really make a broader and broader impact on, on the world. Yeah. I love that dude. And, and, and that's why I always think it needs to write representatives. Like as soon as I stepped up and started talking about this, they're like, Oh shit. Like, okay, maybe yes. it's not a feminine thing. Cause I'm like, at least from public perception, like I'm a hard ass, I'm like very direct, you know? And so when I bring up these types of subjects, they're like, wait, you're into that? Like I get that reaction from people I used to back in the day. Right. Um, another thing I want to ask you, bro, cause I know this is important. Um, how do you kind of uh, insert and and see the role of like diet of the individual and lifestyle, you know, in, 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 in conjunction with these things? Like, do you think they're very related? Do you think they're independent of each other? Uh, do you preach that, that people do exhibit like a high quality of diet and lifestyle or like w where do you fall in your philosophy in regards to that? Yeah, I believe they're very interconnected. I believe through creating as healthy of a body as possible, it allows for more of a pure connection with ourselves because our, our bodies tell us everything. Uh, any kind of pain that we have or any type of issue that we have with our bodies oftentimes is something deeper connected to emotion. And if we're disconnected from our bodies because there's an absence of movement or because there's an absence of healthy food, then our bodies could essentially be not lying to us, but dysfunctional because of what we're doing to it. So by creating as healthy of a physical body as possible, I think it allows for more of a pure understanding of what's really happening inside of us and it can connect us to our place of what we might say intuition much more effectively and efficiently. Yeah, I love that, man. In regards to making this type of stuff and this discussion more mainstream, what are some things that you think need to happen? You think it's ever going to be mainstream? It's always going to be more of like an underground thing? Or, or do you think something major has to change for this to be like the norm where like we would teach these things in school on how people can identify more with their purpose and, and think better and be more conscious? Because you brought that up and that's huge because I'm always preaching to people they need to be a lot more conscious, right? Like, what do you think has to, has to have to really like open the floodgates and make this like, okay, everybody has access to this information and we're going to teach it. Hmm. Well, I suppose that question comes from a place of thinking that it's important for that to be true. And hmm. some people have a mission that they have to want to educate everybody in the world on this, but I don't really care. Like for me personally, I don't care if somebody listens to me or not. I only care about speaking on things I feel excited about and not even really needing anybody to have to follow, but just because of something that I'm really excited about. So I think oftentimes some people get so caught up in trying to deliver the message of these things to the world that they get disconnected from the individual and they get disconnected from the people that are listening to them because they're so excited to want to tell everybody about it. But I think one of the most effective ways to communicate these messages to the world is actually by letting go of the need to have to. Mm. I think people can feel that they respond differently when you're speaking, when I'm speaking from a place of, well, this is just what I'm excited about. I don't really give a fuck what you, what you think, or, yeah. or if you even consume or, or want to practice this information, I don't care. I'm just yeah. someone that has got a lot of excitement from the things that I'm doing. And if you want to listen, fine. If you don't, that's also fine. 
So I think that could probably be one of the most effective ways is by a lot of mm. people disconnecting from the need to have to tell the world, which can actually make you become more, uh, other people become more receptive to you. But also if it's important to you to get it out to the world, it's important for people, I would say like us, that are not as typical of what you'd expect somebody that would be speaking on those things to look like, to be able to communicate to the people that are not receptive to people that are a little more hippie. So the people that are a little more intellectually based, that are more potentially like uh, physical gladiator type of people to yeah. be able to speak on it, to deliver it to a demographic of people that probably wouldn't listen if, if we weren't. Amazing, man. So, uh, Keen, I, I really appreciate you coming on today, bro. This has been a, a good discussion because typically most of the stuff I do is like sales and real estate and the boring type of stuff, right? Uh, somebody wants to check out your stuff, hit you up, talk to you, even do a session with you or check out your stuff. Like where, where should they go? Hey, you can check me out on Instagram, official Kean. And I'm sure Brian will put the spelling of, of that, my name in the show notes. But Instagram would be great. You can check me out on my website too, keanloggy.com, which I'm sure you also put the spelling too. But those are the two spots that you can check me out or, or find a little more information on me. Cool. Awesome, brother. Appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it.